At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's very much about getting these mirrors of truth and get a lot of them. And obviously don't take all of it as gospel, but when you see themes popping up, that's when you know it's true. And that's when you can say like, is this good or is this bad? How do I want to use this information now about me to become a better leader? Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in North Carolina, and I'm really loving the cooler weather. As a reminder, last week we announced a new sponsor to the show, Habitstack. Habitstack is an accountability system for business leaders and their team, which helps them focus on their strategic priorities. Now, I've been using this system for the past three weeks, and I absolutely love it. It's such an easy tool to use, and I love how it reinforces the right habits in my organization. We're also brought to you this week by our other sponsors, Ignite Management Services and Liberty Strength. All these sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Also, I want to encourage you to join us on our growing YouTube channel. Search for Deep Leadership on YouTube for videos of all my interviews and exclusive content. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about how to reach our full potential as leaders, and my guests are Susan Hobson and Rob Kalvaroski. Susan and Rob are leadership coaches at Elite High Performance, Inc., and we sat down and talked about why leaders often get stuck and what they need to do to get unstuck to be able to reach their full potential. Now, this was a fun discussion that I know you'll love, so are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Susan Hobson and Rob Kalbarowski. Susan and Rob are experts in mindset and barriers to why high-achieving people don't succeed at leadership or hit a glass ceiling during their careers. Susan is the founder and CEO of Elite High Performance, Inc. She is a high-performance leadership coach, published author, and hosts the Leadership Launchpad Project, which is ranked as Canada's number three leadership podcast. Rob is a TEDx speaker and top leadership coach whose insights on toxic leadership mindset and finding purpose in life have created impactful change for leaders. Rob co-hosts the Leadership Launchpad Project with Susan, and both Susan and Rob are team sport 
uh, athletes as well, Susan Kabidian in hockey, Rob in water polo. And I'm honored to have them on the show to help us understand how we can reach our full potential as leaders. So Susan and Rob, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Thanks John, for having, for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Oh, it's great to have you on the show. And I'm really uh, anxious and excited to, to learn from what, you know, your experience. First of all, tell us about um, Elite High Performance Inc. What do you guys do and why do clients specifically come to you? So Elite High Performance Coaching is a, a science-based coaching practice. And uh, we really specialize and differentiate in the leadership development world in the way in which we approach our leadership development, which is through the mindset. Um, we really are passionate about all things mindset. Having been ex-pro professional athletes, we have such respect for the discipline of brain training. And so, yeah, we really believe, especially in high-performance contexts, whether that be sport or business, we really believe that this is what it takes to help a leader realize their max potential, right? And set their teams up to do the same. So that really is our entry point and the way that we kind of differentiate in this space. Rob, mm -hmm. would you like to add anything to that? Well, one, um, I'm not a professional athlete. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Uh, the other thing, no, I never got paid actually to play. Um, but doesn't matter. The The big thing, right, is what we do. And this is why we love the term deep leadership is, I mean, this is one thing I love, but I love to get in the deep end with my leaders. And this is where we really affect change. And so we'll talk about more of it, I'm sure, during the show. But mindset very much is this deep reflective work. And it requires, you know, our leaders to go into that and have courage. But then also what it does is it unlocks these like behavior change and how they feel on day-to-day -day basis and these new levels of performance that they were blocked from. So mm -hmm. we'll talk about it more, but I love the term deep leadership. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when a submarine, yeah, when a submariner starts a podcast on leadership, you gotta go deep, right? I mean, you can't, you can't leave that out, right? So <laughs> I love it. So, so let's talk about mindset because I think that's an interesting topic, and I and I think it's an area where, um, as you mentioned, it, it can really make a shift in 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 the way somebody thinks and the way they operate. Um, you guys talk about the idea of being strategic uh, about you know architecting your mindset. Now, what do you mean by that? And what is what is a mindset? Why is it important as leaders? And how do we architect a mindset? So mindset really is a, a term that comes from uh, neuroscience. It just refers to the way that we think, right? Which is the result of our conditioning, our hardwiring, our programming, however you want to think about that, right? It's all that autopilot uh, intel that's lying behind the gates in terms of your self-awareness, right? It's this playbook of beliefs that lives back here in the subconscious part of your brain that really is responsible we're running the show, right? 95% of the choices you make all day long. And I would argue more for our busy, right? Highly responsible leaders. 
but our autopilot. And so, yeah, we just don't even know what it looks like to develop a leader without going to that step of death, right? Where all of the behavior originates because it's our beliefs that really are responsible for governing the way that we feel, right? Which governs the choices we make to do or not do. And that really, at the end of the day, is how you impact results, again, in any context. So that's really my breakdown on mindset. But I, I interrupted you, Rob. You were going to say something there. Sure. Yeah. And for me, like, of course, all of that is right. And, and for me, the way I want folks to think about it, when we talk about autopilot, it's the subconscious that's running the playbook. And so I always say this, like, have folks ever driven to work or to school to drop your kids off or to a store? And then you get there and you're like, oh, crap, how did I get here? How many red lights did I run? Like, I don't even remember, right? And this is a, like an experience I'm sure we've all had. And that's the autopilot. But it also comes up in the way we're leading, right? Is like, hey, Someone comes into our office and says, you know, hey, Rob, I made a mistake on this PowerPoint. And I sent it to the client and I go, holy crap, you're horrible. Mm. That's because I have a belief about me that makes that trigger that unhappiness or frustration that's coming out. Now, if I start to do the self-work <clears throat> and the belief work, <clears throat> then I can change what I believe in that moment or basically going forward after I've sort of done the work. And maybe that's, okay, let's figure out how we can solve this or mitigate, you know, we've made this mistake, but how do we fix it for next time? Mm. And this takes away from blame and shame to more of the growth mindset. And what you were talking about on our show, John, which is like, okay, we've had a failure. Now, how do we fix the business mm -hmm. process so it doesn't happen next next time? Or how do we improve so then we're moving forward with the growth mindset? And so it's very much what all these things that we're feeling on a day-to-day -day basis, the stress, the burnout, the frustration, the sadness, the anger, it's start, starting to dig into those and figure out what they mean about you. Mm. Okay. Yeah, you know, um, and and I and I'm trying to. It, it'd be better to, to visualize this. So, so you know, we we talk about reaching your full potential as leaders, right? And we mentioned that mindset, belief patterns, these things are going to hold us back, right? So, give us some examples of maybe where um, a bad mindset or a bad pattern might prevent us from really becoming the leader we want to be or getting to the level in our careers that we want to. So how is how is mindset limiting and what are some examples of it? And maybe how do we fix it? How do we get better? Sure. And this one, right? So I would give myself as as a prime example for this. And so I I started my mindset work about four years ago. And I had very deep beliefs about myself that I'm not accepted. And so in order for me to go out and play polo was very much about gaining acceptance from my coaches, the other players on the team, getting that. And then in college, it was the same thing. Like, 
you're trying to get A's so then you can prove that you belong at MIT, right? And ultimately, that led me to deep depression in my working career. And so as I started to dig into my mindset, you start to understand like, these are the beliefs that, are, that I have about I'm not accepted and I have to go out and prove that. And if I'm not getting the feedback, then I'm not able to sustain my happiness. And once you learn to heal that, then it unlocks these things that you can do. One is you feel better every day, but instead of going like, well, I'm not going to apply to that job because I'm not accepted. And like, I already know that I'm going to not get it. Right. So I'm not going to apply for this stretch job. I'm not going to, you know, make 10 sales calls. I'm not going to, you know, ask for the promotion or the raise or the thing because I'm already, I'm already seeing that I'm going to fail at that. So I want to help myself not feel bad. Mm, right. Right. Taking away like at bats in a way. So you're, so you're not going into the, you're not doing something that, that will be important for your success because you already, you, cause you make the assumption that you're going to fail at it. So you never even start. Is that right? And you don't even realize that. And you don't realize you do it. So you're just sort of like self-editing. Like, I'm not going to do that because I know what's going to happen. I fear uh, being rejected. So I'm not going to make that sales call or I'm not going to, you know, uh, tell my boss I'm interested in that next promotion. Right. Because I, I, I don't that, cause I, I want to feel accepted. So this is that, that would be where, we have a self-limiting belief that is holding us back. Is that what I'm understanding? That's right. And, and for me, doing the work put me on a TED stage in three and a half years. Okay. Right? I went from literally suicidal to on a TED stage. I moved to a different country. I got married. I bought a dog. All those things I never would have done. And, and it shows up in all areas of your life because this follows you everywhere right? Yeah. Mine follows you everywhere. And so it could be like your leadership stuff at work. It can literally be like, I'm not going to ask this person out, or I'm going to sabotage the relationship, or I'm going to sabotage, you know, my savings or how much money I make because I ultimately don't believe I'm worth it or good enough. Mm, mm. And so it shows up in all areas. And once we start to work on our beliefs and heal those limiting beliefs, then we can start saying, yeah, well, it's like my vision in the world is a ripple effect. I want to help folks. And then it's like, well, why wouldn't I speak on a TED stage? Because that's who I am. Mm. The mission and purpose. Yeah. And all. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, that's, I, I see that. One of the things you said that I, I thought was interesting is, um, you, when you said one of the one of the limiting beliefs, you want to prove that you belonged. Right? You went to MIT, like uh, I, arguably the best engineering school in the country. I would say Worcester Polytech was, but I <laughs> we used to have T-shirts at WPI that said "Don't let friends go to MIT," but anyway, ah! go there. <laughs> but arguably the best engineering school in the country. So you had there's this thing about proving that you belong, and I wondered how much of that is because I see a lot of times. Um, this idea of imposter syndrome for a lot of leaders that they, and it that almost seems like, like trying to say to proving to you belong is almost like I, I'm an imposter. I shouldn't be here. Uh, and I see that a lot when I talk to leaders is they, 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 they have this feeling that they don't belong and they're working hard to belong. Is that a little bit what you would say that that's sort of a little bit of imposter syndrome? 
Yeah. And this shows up, right? Like the underneath what we call imposter syndrome is beliefs about I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not loved. I'm not accepted. And how it shows up is either in two ways. One is the leaders like, you know, really in your face, really egocentric. I got to be the person in control. I got to tell you how to do your job. I got to be the authority so I can prove to the world that mm. I do belong in this role. The other way it shows up is ghost managers where they're like, yes. I don't know anything. My team's smarter than me. I'm just going to like hide in the corner and try not to get authority because ultimately I'm not, I shouldn't be here. And so you can limit your career in either way is either you over-index, and both of these are protection mechanisms, but either you over-indexed or you under-indexed. And ultimately, as you know, John, is like the sweet spot is in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. That's powerful. Susan, you, I cut you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, no, I was just going to say, it's actually how I came to discover our process because I was the, I'm the founder of our business. So I've been doing this for 15 years since I came out of professional um, women's hockey. But the place that I actually stumbled across this was at the point in my life when I was hitting the brick wall because I actually discovered that I had my own imposter syndrome. And I know you were shocked by this whole notion of these MIT students like wanting to belong or feeling like they needed to prove. But that was my experience when I got to Princeton my freshman year, which makes no sense, right? It's like this big fancy Ivy League school. You got to be really smart to get in there, get good grades. And then in my case, I was a heavily recruited athlete because that also was something that needed to be like really peak level results for me to be able to get into a school like Princeton. But, um, but yeah, so, so that's really where I discovered that I had all of these limited beliefs just in terms of who I was and in terms of how good I was, which is very classic for high achievers. High achievers are seeking safety outside of themselves in the form of that validation because they're running on deficits. From a mindset perspective, that's what we call it, right? When we have these limited beliefs, like I'm not good enough, right? Or, you know, my my competence is much higher than my confidence because I, I don't believe because I'm sitting on this bench riding pine for the first time in my damn life, or I'm in the, the, the classes with the world's smartest kids where I don't feel like I can raise my hand, right? Like that, that's all that it oftentimes takes for a leader to hit a brick wall or a glass ceiling, right? Because the second a high achiever can't control those external results and seek that that safety in the form of validation, that's where it puts them into that tailspin known as insecurity. So this is actually where I first stumbled upon mindset. And I was never, I was shocked that it, I had gone all that way, right? And it <laughs> took me getting into an Ivy League school to even learn about the fact that performance was 90% mental. I mean, like, what the heck? How come we're not being taught this stuff, right? In yeah. school or in the context of sport. But uh, but yeah, when I came out into the working world, I saw it. it was all kind of the same thing going on in business, right? Like we were talking about on our podcast, um, these leaders, they don't get taught these things in school, right? Like it oftentimes takes them getting thrust into these high pressure, high stakes positions for them to even realize what types of beliefs they're running on. 
And so that oftentimes is actually where we meet our leaders for the first time is when they're experiencing imposter syndrome themselves. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This episode is brought to you by Habitstack. Habitstack is an accountability system for business leaders and their teams. You probably manage tasks with Notion, Asana, Trello, or even a spreadsheet. Personally, I've used dozens of different ways to track my to-do list over the years. All of these systems are useful, but they have their weaknesses. Traditional to-do lists quickly become overwhelming and disorganized. They don't clarify what tasks are truly most important right now. They also don't build accountability habits. Business leaders and their teams need a true accountability system to operate at peak effectiveness. Positive accountability helps everyone stay focused on the strategic priorities. Habit Stack makes the process easy and keeps the team aligned. It builds the weekly habits people need in order to stay the course. With Habit Stack, you will set crystal clear goals, align your tasks to those goals, and make progress every single week. I've used Habit Stack myself and found that it is a simple and intuitive way to track actions and maintain accountability for my employees. The good news is you can try Habit Stack for free at habitstack.com. And also, for a limited time, the team at Habit Stack have agreed to provide the listeners of deep leadership with free one on one training not just on the software, but also on how to leverage accountability in the right way with your team. So sign up for a free trial at habitstack.com and then tell the team you heard about them on Deep Leadership to get the free one-on-one training. Get Habitstack and get your strategic priorities done. Go to habitstack.com today to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy execution or cultural transformation. It's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the Resilient Leadership Assessment Tool, This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger at Liberty Strength. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. 
By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. Your energy skyrockets, your sleep improves, your confidence increases, and more. But how can you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best people for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put Liberty Strength in your corner. Jeremy and his team will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. I've worked with Liberty Strength for the past two years, and I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm still hitting strength personal records at 56 years old. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at LibertyStrengthTX.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One of the things, too, I noticed that, you know, this is just me... You know, I, I was I was operating. I, I worked 22 years in in you know in in three global companies, and so I'm around leaders all the time. Around one of the things I noticed, just me being an observer of people, was a lot of fear based decisions, a lot of fear based actions by leaders. They're afraid to fail. They're afraid to look stupid. They're afraid to uh, uh, get fired. Uh, they're afraid to miss their bonus check. It, it was like, it, mostly everything was running on fear. And, I, and I, I noticed that it was very prominent in, in corporate culture. And I wonder if if that fear is, uh, Rob, you were saying earlier that, um, you know, it's, it, it's some, there's something deeper there that, that's creating that, those actions and those fear-based actions. So it's, it probably comes down to a mindset or a belief system. Is that what you're, what you would say? Absolutely. And so just for folks out there, everyone has beliefs like this. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you, right? And and the level, basically, of strength of these beliefs will vary given your childhood experiences. So everyone has it. It's fine. Like it's normal, right? The thing is, is when we're controlled by fear, it's often means something about me. And so I always love to give this example is imagine we're stopped at a stoplight and there's a car in front of us. Light turns green, car doesn't go. And John, you were, you were in the Boston area, you know, the OMS drivers, <laughs> they're immediately on the horn, right? Right. Yeah. Let's say for some like crazy reason, they waited 30 seconds, which is like eons of time right? Doesn't impact our day at all. But why are we always frustrated? Mm. It's not actually because the person's not going. If we're starting to dig into our beliefs, what would the first thing say is like the person's not going. 
it's always something about me. Mm. I'm powerless to affect change in the situation. I'm not accepted even, or I'm not loved. I know these are two completely irrational things, but that's what beliefs are. They were formed like maybe your mom was something in childhood or your dad, right? And so it's not that you want the guy in front of you to love you. It's just like when they're not seeing you or listening or like respecting you, it comes across as I'm unloved. Mm. And ultimately those beliefs are why you feel frustrated or angry in the situation. And this is the same thing is once we heal all of this, we don't have to live in fear of the outside world challenging who we are. And so that means, hey, you know, like your story, John, about like the electrical box exploding. It's nothing with you, John. It's just, hey, we didn't account for this failure mode and the thing blew up. Well, now I see it. I know how to fix it. And boom, a month later, great success, Right. If this is something where it's like, I'm not good enough, the thing exploded, you can literally, like, you may have literally ended your own career by just being like, I can't work here, I have to quit because this feeling was so much and it hurt so badly that I just, I cannot, like, I can't continue with this project. Yeah. And so it's really, like, I love to say, it's always like, most of us are playing defense. Because we have these beliefs that are running. And so we're not able to, we're just like playing goalie and we're hoping to win the game. <laughs> yes. Once you heal this stuff, you can go play offense. And like, yes, you won't hit every shot, but you're going to hit shots because, you know, you'll hit 30, whatever the percentage is, right? Depending on what sport, but you'll hit shots. And then when you hit shots, that's when you start winning. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Susan, you were going to add something? Well, I just don't think like most people don't realize that um, emotional intelligence is such a big deal in the leadership game, right? And that really is what we're referring to here when we're talking about the fact that most leaders that you're experiencing out there in the corporate world were fear-based in their approach. It's because their, their EQ is low. They don't even realize, right? That they may be ineffective in the way that they're leading their people when they come from a fear-based state. But yeah, emotional intelligence has literally been rated the top leadership skill of them all here in 2023 because mm -hmm. neuroscience proves it predicts 80% of our potential. And this is, I think, what Rob and I really grasped from our time in high-performance athletics, right? Is like that state that you're in is everything in the context of high performance. You know, those emotions are driving you up or driving you down. But if you don't understand what the heck your emotions even are, yeah. you're not at the helm in your self-leadership, right? And so I think that's really what is so fascinating about the mindset work, right? Is because you really are going through that emotion and that emotional awareness, right? To be able to access these beliefs that are running the show. And so that I just think is is such a really, really important thing for your audience to really recognize, right? Is just like first and foremost, yeah, mind this is why they say mindset is everything, right? Because it yeah. carries so much weight in terms of the impact that you're gonna have as a leader. I mean, most of what's going on, we said the number one play in the new school leadership 2.0 playbook is the model carries the most weight. But the way that you're relating to yourself subconsciously via your belief systems, that's really what that's all about. Because 
most of what's being conveyed is nonverbal, right? Mm. It's not a whopping 93%, right? 55% is just the way you are in your body language. 38% is the vocal tonality, the energy and inflection in your voice. Only 7% is, are the words. And so, yeah, we're really, really passionate about being able to help leaders understand just how game changer it can be to strategically penetrate that mindset you know, because that really is how you are not only able to accelerate your rate of growth and expand your possibilities in terms of your leadership game, but um, but yeah, it's definitely the thing that's going to have the biggest impact in terms of that ripple effect, right? That influence that you carry as a leader. You mentioned something that's gonna that's really interesting. You talked about leadership 2.0. I'm I'm curious because I I love, <laughs> yeah. I love that that mindset or that idea of leadership 2.0. Tell us what that is and 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 what that means. The leadership 2.0 is our terminology. Uh, we came up with that uh, when we decided to go on this mission to change the way the game is being played forever. With this whole approach, right, to leadership development and training, which is neuroscience back, new school leadership, right? This is obviously all about the mindset strategy architecture that we're laying down here today, but it's also about the human-centric approach. It's relationship-centric leadership, right? Because we really, as we're sort of demonstrating here today, we really believe that that's what drives the impact of a leader, is not only their relationship with their people, but really starting in with the relationship that they're in with themselves, mm. right? The way that they're leading themselves internally. But this really, this. Yeah. this is what this is what new school like research and all this wonderful data we have coming out of this pandemic, especially like this is what it all supports is the future of work. Is that this really is what? the best practices are here in 2023. It's all about the relationships and the quality of those relationships. I love this idea. And I'll throw this at you, you both because you're dealing with um, helping leaders, um, you know, get rid of those self-limiting belief, become the best leader they possibly can be. This leadership 2.0, which is which is a human-centric, you know, where you're really aware of yourself, you're really aware of your people. Um one of the things I've noticed, and, and you know, help me out with this, is that I think that the, the people who want to become great leaders are working hard to become great leaders. And, I, and one of the struggles I have, and the purpose of this podcast is to build a world with better bosses. That's what we talk about at the end of the show every time. And one of the things I notice is that, that the people that are good, good bosses are always working to try to become better leaders, right? It's, it's the ones that are bad that really don't know that they're a, a bad leader and they're not working on getting becoming better. So this is the this is the million dollar question. How do we influence the people that are bad bosses and bad leaders to at least have some level of self-awareness that they're bad and then to work to get better and to become better? Because as you mentioned, 65%, right? What were you saying? 65%. Yeah, I've, I've mm. terrible, feel like they have terrible bosses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we make that change? How do we impact more leaders? Uh, how do we make, impact the bad bosses to become good bosses? I, I just I'll throw it out. I don't think there's any any. I haven't found a good answer to that, but I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rob's got it. He did a whole TED talk on this one. Yes, <laughs> this is yeah, and this is the hard part, right? Is what you mentioned, John. Is is 65 percent of the workforce experiences a toxic leader? right now. And that's everything from the like, 
Darth Vader, uh, Gordon Ramsay on Hell's <laughs> Kitchen type of leader, all the way to like what we talked about, like the ghost manager. Ghost, yeah. Right? And so ultimately, like the real solve is getting into these leaders' mindsets. Now, the hard part is, right, is like, how do we compel these leaders to go and get it or go to do that? And everyone listening to the show, one is you're listening to the show. So that's great. Like, probably that's not you. It's probably not <laughs> yeah. my listeners. You're yeah. probably not in that 65%. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right? Statistically. Like, the the stat is that 95% of people think they're self-aware when only 12 to 15% mm-hmm. actually are. Mm-hmm. So even the folks listening to the show, you know, we're all thinking, hey, we're self-aware, but are you true? Mm-hmm. Right? And this requires some self-work, like what are my values, what's my vision, you know, what's going on up here in my mindset. And then there's the extrinsic self-awareness, which is like, how do I impact the folks around me? Or how does, how do you, John, experience me in this moment, Mm. right? Both of these are extremely important. (laughs) Self-awareness is is like one of the top two leadership skills right now. And it's hard, right? Because it's hard for us to have that mirror of truth reflect back on us. And that's where you want a therapist, a coach, close friends, a boss, like colleagues, like wherever you can get, even your spouse, like your husband, wife, right? Is like when you can start to get feedback. That's when you can start to improve your, at least your external self-awareness. And actually, if you go to uh, Dr. Tasha Yurik's website about Insight, um, her book, there's a quiz on there where it'll help you actually see where you are in self-awareness. But it's very much about getting these mirrors of truth and get a lot of them. And obviously, don't take all of it as gospel, but when you see themes popping up, from multiple folks, that's when you know it's true. And that's when you can say like, is this good or is this bad? How do I want to use this information now about me to become a better leader? Mm, That's super powerful. I love what you said, mirrors of truth. I mean, that is a really, because I think you're right. I think that that self-awareness is an important topic. And I think those that are less self-aware just to sort of assume, well, I'm, I'm a great boss. Everybody likes me. But how do you know if you're not a good boss? Well, you're going to have a lot of mirrors in your truth in your life, right? But you have to be uh, you have to listening be looking to you have to be looking and listening for them. And, and I think that's that is powerful. I really like what you said there. Is just have, where are those feedback? Uh, one of the things you said was how how do I come off? You know, having that conversation. How do you perceive me as a leader? That is an important question. That's hard for us as leaders to do that because you're letting down your guard. And you're there. There's fear there because you might be rejected by that em- employee. They might say, "You know what? You're the worst boss I've ever worked for," <laughs> right? And that could happen. And and I think that's that's where the fear is. But those mirrors of truth are really important for us to be able to to get that feedback and to get better. Totally. And this stuff it takes courage, right? And it, it's also the mindset piece, right? Is like if ultimately I feel like I shouldn't be in this in leadership role because I'm not good enough or I'm not whatever, all these things, right? I'll never ask for feedback 
because I don't want it. Mm-hmm. It hurts what I get. Self-protection. Mm-hmm. And so as we heal these limiting beliefs, that's when we can have that conversation. And I can say, hey, Susan, give me feedback on how I'm showing up at work. And she can say, you know, I'd like this to improve or this to improve. And I go, all right, that helps me. Now I can, now I can start working on that. And at least the folks who are listening to this show, like we know you want to get better. So this is where, how do I get and actionably do things that help me get better? And yeah, it's going to feel weird at first when you in a one-on-one and you're asking, like usually it's the other way. You're supposed to, you're giving feedback to the person below you, right? But it's like yeah. when you're asking them, how can I support you? How can I be a better leader for you? That's when you're going to get the magic. Mm, I love that. I love that. That's powerful. That's powerful. This has been great conversation. I think we've talked about a lot of things uh, that can hang us up as leaders and things we need to be aware of. Hopefully, listeners, you got a lot out of it. I was going to ask you guys, what final message would you want to leave with our listeners now? Just get curious. Really isn't that complicated for me. Like if we are in the leadership game, it really just starts with caring to know, right? So, and I think listening to shows like this or reading books like ours can be really helpful in terms of being able to really pique that curiosity. Um, but yeah, I think it is just to boil, because we've been talking about all kinds of complex things that maybe your audience hasn't even heard about before, <laughs> or, and that can be kind of daunting. So I think where I want to leave our folks today is with that really just simple call to action, which is just turn the lights of self-awareness on, get curious about what's going on and living and breathing in your experience and in your self-leadership. Um, that's really where the point of power is it's in that choice, right? To to care enough to want to figure out just where you're at and what else you could possibly be doing to possibly enhance the impact that you're having as a leader. But it's just get curious. That's it. That's I love what that. I want to leave. It's, it it's such a great piece of advice. Uh, Self awareness. Be curious. Be uh, humble uh, to the idea that you might be wrong. <laughs> it's okay to and to seek feedback and listen. Uh, these are really important qualities for leadership and uh, ways that you can get better as a leader by having that kind of a mindset, a curious mindset. So I absolutely love that. Um, So how can people find out more about your company and both of you? Yeah, so I just want to give something for folks out there. Okay. So as you're getting curious, and for me, it's, it's give yourself permission to get off the treadmill. Mm, right and it's like as leaders we have a billion things to do at all times and you know they're going to listen to this podcast they're going to hit next they're going to listen to another one you know it's like it's easy to just keep going and what susan's talking about get curious is like pull yourself away from the hamster wheel and take a moment to reflect and we're going to help you do that. So if you send me an email, rob at elitehighperformance.com, I'll send you a three-minute quick meditation. It's a meditation slash internal self-awareness type of track. Use it, you know, once a day, twice a day, how many times you want, but just use it to sort of get to know yourself. And three minutes Stop watching Instagram for three minutes. <laughs> Stop scrolling. Stop scrolling. <laughs> uh, 
I love it. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's fantastic. That's great. We're going to put that link to your email in the show notes. And uh, the company is Elite High Performance. And uh, so the website, Susan, for that. EliteHighPerformance.com. And we should also shout out our podcast, which we just yes. had John on. His episode <laughs> should be airing in the next couple of weeks. So you still have time, hopefully, to get over there and join us. It's the Leadership Launchpad project and it's available on all major podcast platforms yeah absolutely we'll put a link in the show notes for that as well and again leaders uh i was a guest on their show and if you if you like this show you're going to love that show there is a fantastic having both of them doing uh, interviewing me so if you want to know a little bit more about your your humble podcast host here you're going to hear a lot on that show so i encourage you to go to leadership launchpad project and subscribe uh, and like, because it's going to help get the message across. It is a top performing show around the world, but number three in Canada. So it's a great show and you're going to learn a lot. So I highly encourage you to check that out. If you like this podcast, you're going to love that one. So this has been a lot of fun and I've learned a lot. You've got me thinking about some things. I've got a lot of notes here and uh, I really appreciate. Yeah, I know. I take notes to this thing. It's like, uh, go. Are you gonna, we you love know, that. Spreadsheet. You got to get yeah, into the spreadsheet. I would create a spreadsheet. I was, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that's, uh, I think it's really good. I mean, um, I mean, again, part of this podcast is to find folks like you and to share something that uh, we that that our leaders can use to become better at their jobs. And and again, listeners, th- this is about deep leadership. If you find something in Susan and Rob's message that really resonates, reach out to them, talk to them. They're willing to help you get to that next level. So that's why we, what we do on this show, we introduce to you to guests that can help you become better leaders. And Susan and Rob certainly have those skills and they can help you. We're going to have all their links in the show notes below. And I highly encourage you to reach out to them, talk to them, see if you can get better in your leadership role. So Susan, Rob, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for all the work you're doing on leadership and the, uh, your podcast. And, and thanks for having me on your podcast. I enjoyed it and I really appreciate it. So thanks for all that you do. Thank, Thank you, John. It was amazing. The Thank model you. carries the most weight. See this full circle moment right here? I feel like <laughs> you you sitting there taking all those notes, leading with such a curious mindset. Yeah, I just kudos to you, John, on this mission that you're on because this really, really is so valuable for your listeners to be able to hear all this on, on, on deep leadership. Boy, did we go deep in the last two hours, eh, gentlemen? Absolutely. Absolutely. We went deep. So listen, <laughs> listen to this podcast, listen to the, the episode I'm on leadership launchpad project. We'll put links in that. So go listen to that one as well. Uh, you're going to get a lot out of it. So thanks again. Uh, and I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, John. Thanks everyone. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying, take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole.
On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast.